you too, sir. How you doing? Me, I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing okay. You doing good? I'm I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's gonna be fine. Yeah. No, man, we're we're doing okay on this end. Uh, um, yeah, things are going great. It's uh you know starting to tick up here for kind of a uh, not quite fall, but but kind of fall uh, season. You know, football season uh, in in gear, and uh, folks are uh, you know pulling their pipe out, and um, yeah, it's been been a lot of fun. We've had a whole bunch of mail orders that have kind of started to uh, flood in this time of year, which is which is pretty normal, kind of getting into September, October. And um, man, you know, as I mentioned last week on the show, our boy Quinn, who kind of quarterbacks all of our mail orders nowadays, he has been out on paternity leave. But thank goodness he is back. Man, that is just so, so wonderful. Now all the packages will go out on time and be properly assembled and <laughs> professionally hey. uh, packaged and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, man, we're just uh, we're just running and gunning, man. It's been a lot of fun. Been a lot of fun. Glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, things here are going well. Actually, man, I you know, I've been... Uh, getting in touch with my roots these last couple of days really uh, yeah i actually so uh, uh last night we uh we roasted a duck for for roast duck on kind of a sunday dinner type situation but it wasn't just for the sunday dinner it's because i've been working on this duck oyster gumbo recipe that i'm trying to like <laughs> perfect right i was like how does this how does this connect with your roots and i'm thinking like yeah you know yorkist england and i, I don't know <laughs> no, 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 no 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 more recent roots more recent no, that's roots. good okay yeah, good yeah good. modern roots my friend yeah so i'm uh yeah i've been working on this gumbo i've actually been Boiling up the carcass all all uh, morning and just started actually uh, got the roux all ready and and basically the gumbo is simmering, simmering as we are recording now so I'm looking forward to checking up on it as soon as we get get off mic. But. So I'm assuming your house smells really pleasant when you boil a a duck carcass. Is that is that safe to say? Uh yeah, I mean like any any kind of like broth that you make does kind of give a nice a, a generally general pleasant smell because anybody and which is good because it counterbalances the smell of roux. Which, if anybody's ever made a gumbo from scratch, you know, you know, you are eventually rewarded with a delicious smell, but you certainly don't start with a delicious smell. <laughs> so, you kind of have to, yeah. It takes you a while to get to that point, huh? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, man. That's funny. Wow. Just uh, cooking up a storm here, and uh, yeah, doing uh, doing well, man. I'm, That's uh, great. I'm, I'm excited because you know we we've got. You know, I feel like the last uh, uh, a few weeks or so, we've had some in, like some of those obscure holidays that are are really great. Like, for example, we had Hobbit Day a couple uh, a <laughs> couple weeks ago. We had Talk Like a Pirate Day. Like, Talk with a Pirate type a Pirate Day and Hobbit Day are basically back to back. Has anybody wow. noticed this? Like, what, man, that, what, what? that <laughs> that's dangerous. That's the overlapping of a lot of a lot of nerddom there. That uh, that's really uh, really potent. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Doesn't make any sense. Like this, you gotta you gotta spread this spread this around. You know, we gotta we can't we. We, we can't party this hard all at once. But. I know, right? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> you know, as as I was uh, personally celebrating Hobbit Day, I was excited for um, this big announcement we have coming up. Now, I, we can't announce it today, of course. We, we can't announce it today, but right. we got we got a big announcement that's coming next week, I think. A precious so, announcement. Yeah. A precious announcement. I mean, it's like, so... Great. I, yeah, no, I don't want to <laughs> give it... I don't want to give anything away. I'm just saying that, you know, you, we, I, you know it's Hobbit Day. I was I was thinking, oh, it's Hobbit Day, and then I was thinking about this kind of this thing we got that we're about to announce next week, and um, and that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, and it's precious. It's very it's, it's very <laughs> precious. It's very precious to us. All right, there we go. That's uh, that's the tease. <laughs> Everybody's put it, put it together by now. <laughs> it's like, man, what 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 kind of lame uh, thing have they got cooked up, you know? And uh, well, it just you, just wait, you'll see. Yeah, yeah, you'll see, you'll see. You you probably already have figured it out, but if not, you'll you'll find out next week. So we're really uh, super excited. Next week, you will not want to miss that episode. Uh, we we got something fun to share with you. Um, all right. We also need to give a major shout out this week, man. We got three new squires joining the Country Squire Radio International. Wow, three this week—that's awesome. Yes, sir. So, uh, and actually, so one of these I'll go ahead and mention up front because this is somebody who's been a member of the club for quite some time, but just recently went from pilgrim to squire, and uh, that is listener Dan. So, Dan, thank you so much for uh, for uh, increasing your support of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, going from pilgrim to full squire, I think that's uh, that's awesome, man. We we really appreciate that, brother. All right, so we got some new squire members as well. 
Uh, joining at the Squire level, man, we've got Matthew Snyder. Snyder, man. Matthew Snyder, thanks for hopping in, dude. We're so thankful to have you at the Squire level on the uh, International Country Squire Pipe Club. That's great. Yes, sir. And also joining at the Squire level, you might call him the barber, but we just call him Floyd. Adam Floyd! <laughs> Because Floyd the Barber, that was from... Uh, I was uh, like, what? how does that connect at all? I don't understand. <laughs> oh, come on, man. That's like, that's old what school. What is Floyd OB the Barber? What are you talking about? I, I, nope. I'm not... I'm, the Andy Griffith Show. That's that's what I'm trying to think of. The I'm Andy not Griffith picking Show. up any of this. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, it's before our time, but that's classic TV, man. That's that's okay. that's Gumby. That's Gumby era TV. Gumby era. <laughs> you now you're talking my language. Yeah. That's right. That's right, man. Oh, that's hilarious. Hilarious. Man, Adam and Matthew, thanks for hopping in on the man on the club and Dan, uh, man, jumping the to the next level. We, we sure do appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So I'm excited, man. We're kind of re re-entering kind of a, a series that we started relatively recently, a, a new new-ish entry into the Country Squire Radio suite of series that you get from the show. And that is a new product spotlight. Now we never could come up with like a really good fancy name for the series, and it's it's to my chagrin. You know, I, I like it. I like it when we have alliteration. <laughs> I like it when it's kind of punny, and and this one just is kind of calling a duck a duck, which yeah. is fine because I'm cooking duck gumbo right now. Because so you're, you're boiling one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, man. But no, we're doing our new product spotlight. This is where we take a look at a new product. Now, this could literally be anything. Um, you know, we it could uh, you know obviously. Uh, we could be talking about a new tamper. We could be talking about a new pipe. Uh, we could be talking about a new accessory. We could be talking about anything. Like anything, anything that kind of falls under the wheelhouse of uh, folks that listen to the show, you might find interest in. But uh, man, as you might expect here from Country Squire Radio, we got a brand new pipe tobacco that we're going to be talking about this week. John David, now this is interesting to me. I was under the impression that they didn't make new pipe tobaccos these days. Yeah, that they do. <laughs> they sure do. I know. It, it's one of those things people are like, oh, you know, everything's just kind of warmed over and there's nothing new under the sun in the pipe world. And man, hogwash, there's always something fun and new and interesting in the pipe world. Man, so we're going to feature one of these things today and have a little fun with it and do a little history lesson and uh, product review. It'll be good. But yeah, today we're talking about Mac Barron's 2021 release of HH Rustica. Man, HH Rustica, this, this is the second year they've done on this and it is just a really fascinating tobacco that deserves its own episode, deserves its own uh, place in your uh, in your cellar and uh, and in your rotation and 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 you really just need to smoke this because just out of principle, <laughs> really as a, like as <laughs> a, a tobacco principle. Well, as a tobacco enthusiast, like uh, people just need to experience what the Rustica blend tastes like because it's just different. It's just something different and interesting. It certainly will expand your palate. It'll pressure force your palate to experience. New new tastes and parts of the flavor wheel, but it's it's just an interesting tobacco that has plenty to talk about. All right, well let's let's first start off by talking about who's making it here, Mac Barron. Now, if you are somebody who is kind of newish into the pipe tobacco world, my guess is it did it, like you don't have to be that new to have recognized the branding and the name of Mac Barron. So yeah. yeah, give give us like a quick brief, like very lightning fast overview of Mac Barron for the the newer pipe smoker. Yeah, Danish company, one of the the more historic blenders, certainly in Denmark, but in the whole uh, in, in in all of pipedom, they mm. really have become one of the more high quality blending houses in the world. Certainly, of all the tobacconists or the you know the pipe tobacco manufacturers that are left, Mac Barron just has this kind of mystique about it. There's a glossiness to it. There's a just a real I don't know. It's just it's got a classy feel to it. it Mac Barron is just kind of stands alone as far as their own products and packaging and how they do stuff, the sophistication of their blends. They're just kind of at the top. They really are uh, certainly among the things that are readily available and, and mass market. And so, yeah, I mean, Mac Barron has been around a long time and they uh, have an HH line of tobaccos, which are in honor, we uh, have talked about before, of uh, Heinrich Hallberg that they came out with years ago. These are some of their more premier tobacco blends. We've talked about HH Old Dark Fired before which is this incredibly interesting blend, a very strong blend uh, featuring Dark Fire Kentucky tobacco that is, uh, of course, very popular right now. And and really, in some ways, Old Dark Fired, I feel like the HH Old Dark Fire really kind of kicked off the popularity of that particular tobacco type. And so kind of interesting there. We, we've also talked about uh, HH Pure Virginia, which I'm a big fanboy of. If you've heard me mention that one, along with uh, two or three other tobaccos as part of my regular rotation, 
because they're just always uh, found in my pipe at some point or another. And so, you know, we have those as favorites of, of Country Squire Radio. And the HH line, again, they kind of feature their more premium tobaccos. They're, uh, you know, very nuanced blends, super sophisticated, typically, you know, a lot of flake tobaccos in this range. And then they also are hot pressed uh, a lot of times. And that, that hot pressing, you know, anytime we introduce temperature, age, or pressure to a tobacco, it really does make the natural sugar content of the leaf transform. And it uh, it just becomes a, a, a much more uh, well-rounded, well-developed product to, you know, to consume. So yeah, this is fun. It's their, it's their uh, newest HH blend. And uh, they did this last year, 2020, and, and it was a, a different release, this year's 2021 release they have come out with. And it's just something to really get excited about. So yeah, HH Rustica, again, they're breaking ground here with a, with a whole new set of ingredients. And and frankly, it's kind of new to the pipe world, uh, the modern pipe world in general. What what makes this interesting? Well, the one of the base, the, the main base component of this particular tobacco is a plant that is different from all other pipe tobaccos that we know and love today. And, huh. uh, and it is the Nicotiana Rustica uh, tobacco. The Nicotiana tobaccum uh, plant that we're, you know, so familiar with is a species that's cultivated in a, uh, you know, a variety of stripes that kind of creates your the favorite blends that we know and love. Um, but this there's this very old cousin to the Nicotiana tobaccum, and it's this Nicotiana rustica that is is this leaf that played a very important role in early pipe tobacco cultivation and usage and uh, the development of pipe tobacco, the development of uh, the popularity of premium tobacco over the uh, in the Western world. And so there's this rustica plant that's not very uh, popular anymore. It's not used very much uh, anymore, but certainly played a, a, ma- a very major role in the early development of Western tobacco usage. It's a plant that's native to South America and originally cultivated by Europeans as far north as North America. So we even saw this in the American South, certainly in the Caribbean. Nicotiana rustica, it, it, it's also known occasionally as Aztec tobacco or wild tobacco. It's, you know, something that was really kind of the, the mainstay of the tobacco world up until, you know, around the eight, late-teenth century when the Nicotiana tobaccum that we, that we know and love today kind of uh, took over the market because uh, of, its, uh, of its smoking qualities. But Nicotiana rustica was used by indigenous Americans for generations as sacred medicine. It was a ceremonial plant. Uh, this is something that they cultivated for for usage, but it also was part of their cultural identity and, and is still used in some contexts in that today. The rustica variety is very powerful. This is a very, very powerful iteration of tobacco plant. It's harsh. It contains up to 100 times the nicotine uh, content of the nicotiana tobacco, and so it's just very wow. strong. And in some ways, it's kind of closer to... Like a cigar leaf, you know, you've kind of got this tobacco that's just very strong. You approach it kind of a different way, and it's just different. And so, you know, it was ta- overtaken by the the tobacco variety a couple centuries ago because of some of these features. You know, it just uh, um, it, it's not quite as uh, not quite as smooth, not quite as uh, approachable. And you know, eventually, as growing and curing practices developed, the tobacco plant kind of won out due to these less harsh more aromatic characteristics, which uh, just makes it a little more uh, accessible to, um, you know, to the to the smoker and, and their sensibilities. So anyway, uh, yeah, so you've got this rustica plant that's basically unused in the in the modern tobacco world, but has, you know, kind of had a monopoly on the first couple hundred years of, uh, of Western tobacco usage, except in some Native American applications. Uh, it's not really used anymore, but you know the folks at Mac Barron, they are always up for a challenge. They always, uh, of course, they have mm-hmm. the uh, access to you know some of the most premium ingredients uh, in all of pipedom and <laughs> and and per Jensen, their excellent blender, who of course uh, has come out with so many hits over the years. He took this as kind of a challenge to use this particular leaf to create something that is accessible to the pipe smoker that. Uh, you know, certainly is going to be strong because of the nature of this tobacco, but also is is approachable and something that the pipe smoker that doesn't smoke a lot of heavy blends could still occasionally smoke and enjoy and finds uh, well-rounded and 
something that doesn't make you go crazy after you smoke it or light you on fire or make you see purple elephants or anything else, you know? <laughs> so it was kind of a challenge, you know? It was something uh, that he wanted to produce in a, a this limited edition tobacco that could be enjoyed by the modern pipe smoker. And so uh, so H.H. Rustica was born. This took many iterations over years. You can imagine working with really a different plant. I mean, think about it. It's a different plant than the tobacco plant that we know and, and love as as pipe smokers today. It's a different type of plant. And th- so it took years to kind of get this right. The experimentation that went into it was prolific, uh, went through just countless iterations of this, and they blended this distinctive leaf with, uh, they wound up having to kind of round it out with some other ingredients like uh, some, some darker uh, Virginia varietals and also some burley uh, to create this very approachable blend. It's still strong, obviously. It's still uh, full and, and and rich and deep, but it is uh, but it is an approachable blend for the pipe smoker and something that is very smokable and, and very enjoyable. H.H. Rustica was born and the 2021 release, they came out with 5,300 tins of this tobacco. And we uh, just today put the allotment that we got uh, on our website. And so as you're listening to this, uh, we'll still have some uh, in stock because we got a, a whole bunch of it and snatch it up at either with us or your favorite online retailer. Uh, there's a, a bunch of other uh, you know, great tobacconists that, that got a hold of this stuff as well. Anyway, excited to have it. So H.H. Rustica. You know, it's it's a gorgeous little tin, very handsome. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it just solid black or do you still have some of that, uh, you know, this... There's always that Mac Baron in the HH series. You got a little bit of a texture going on in the background. Yeah, there's just, just a little bit. It's like it's almost like a watermark that they've put on there of right, the Mac yeah. Baron crest or, or seal uh, that's kind of in the background. And so the two lions kind of holding up the family shield or whatever that is kind of in the background. And so there's a watermark of that that's just delicately behind the very handsome Rustica hot pressed flake uh, pipe tobacco moniker. So it's a, it's a classy looking tin, man. No, no one really... I mean, nowadays, you know, no one does it better than than Mac Baron. They're uh, they, when you buy it, you almost feel like you're getting a gift, you know, or something. It's just very, uh, very impressive. No, very, uh, like I said, very, very handsome ten. I, I gotta ask, and and you know, one of the I hope one of the best values that I add to the show is the dumb questions that I. <laughs> that I ask. There are no stupid questions, just stupid people. Well, so like I know what pressed tobacco is, <laughs> but this one's hot pressed. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm looking at it, I'm like. And I'd be like, I guess, you know, probably, ob- answer, you know, obvious answer is probably obvious, but <laughs> all right, you know, I'm going to say it anyway. John David, what's the difference between pressed and hot pressed? Well, the, the hot pressed tobaccos are more attractive people doing the pressing. And so, oh, he, oh, that kind of hot. Right. Okay. And so it's just well, they, hot. Wait, well, yeah. But I mean, they it, didn't, you know, but they didn't call. John, John, John David, they, but they didn't call. Well, they, I know they didn't call. But no, they did. They did call. But you, I, I think your phone was busy at that moment, or maybe your secretary said uh, you would uh-huh. get back with them and you never did. And so, okay. um, but, but huh. maybe next go around Bo. you know okay all right all right now but for real though for real though, hot what's, pressed what's... tobacco they actually introduce heat uh into uh the tobacco while uh while the pressing is going on and so uh you'll typically have some uh type of metal conducting the heat that goes uh you know that's con- uh, congruent to the tobacco and uh the tobacco is exposed to these rising temperatures along with the pressure uh which just adds that extra element of flavor transformation throughout the process so you know, we talk about that kind of trifecta of of things that can really amp up the flavor profile of a pipe tobacco, and uh, and that is pressure, time, and heat. And so those things, you know, as they work together in conjunction with one another, they really uh, can make this uh, transformative experience. You'll you'll remember when we went to the Perique Farm years ago at Mark Ryan's place down there at uh, the La Poche factory. These barrels are sitting in this sweltering, humid Louisiana swamp basically you know and and that that heat combined with that pressure of those uh those uh, railroad jacks you know pushing down these uh, uh big uh, wooden blocks into these uh whiskey barrels full of the uh the parique uh, varietal plant there uh you know it just creates this kind of magical transformation in the in the tobacco and so uh that's kind of you know it's similar at least to, to what's going on here with the Mac Baron hot press tobaccos so 
um, yeah, kind of cool. Okay. Well, I don't feel as stupid as I thought. No, I you should. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, a, it's a great question. And maybe they'll call next time. That'd be great. Yeah, um, sure. So it's, it's, a, it's a square tin. It's a three and a half ounce square tin. The square tin is is interesting to me because you, you've really seen a lot of manufacturers ditch the square tin. And, and I have mixed feelings about this because the square tin is so perfect for flight tobacco. There's just something really pleasing about getting that square tin of pipe tobacco and it being just a perfect little capsule to put a to put a flight tobacco inside of. You open it up and it's just very uh, very neat and very clean and uh, there's something about that square tin for a flight tobacco that's just incredibly attractive. But a lot of manufacturers have actually left the square tin behind. And you know when they first started doing that you know, the word on the street is they were doing that because it was something about, you know, needing more real estate on the top of the tin for warning labels that were coming out uh, by the government or something. They mm-hmm. said, well, you know, to fit the warning labels required, you have to have a round tin or something like that. People would say that. But I don't know that that's really the case. I think some folks just kind of switched over to the round tin, even for flight tobaccos, because uh, at some point it was probably just more economical. And, and that, uh, you know, probably made sense. But, uh, but Mac Barron has stuck with the square tin for many of their flake tobaccos. You've also seen this in other, uh, other brands and lines they put out, the St. Bruno flake, the uh, capstan flakes that, uh, that they produce. And, uh, and so they you know, just make uh, these square tins, which are, are for some you know, tobacco enthusiasts are a little polarizing. Uh, square tins, one thing they're bad about is popping open before you, you mean to open them. And so just by temperature changes or if they get jostled or dropped, uh, some square tins are just more prone to open than others, uh, than the round tins. But some folks, though, they really do love them and they do feel nice in your hand. They store very easily and are, are just, uh, um, you know, just, just handsome to look at. So yeah, they, they, they still have the square tin, which is really nice. When you pop this tobacco open, you're met immediately with the Mac Baron gold foil that surrounds the flake tobacco. And and before you even smell, you just kind of see this beautiful gold foil that Mac Baron is known for. And, you know, since McClelland went out of business and we all, you know, lament that, there's really, like we said earlier, there's really no other uh, tobacco brand that you kind of just feel when you open a a can of Mac Baron, similar to, to when you did many McClellan tobaccos, you just kind of feel like you're opening a gift, like something precious and special and premium. Uh, it's it's like um, you know holding the key to a uh, to a Mercedes as opposed to a <laughs> Hyundai or something. It's the Hyundai's nice and it's great and it's you know great product, but there's something about that Mercedes key that just just feels a little more premium. You know, not that I've ever held one, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there's uh, just a little panache to that that's very pleasant. And so, uh, Mac Barron, when you open the or met with that gold foil, it's just really, really sharp. It, it's interesting. Before you unfold the gold foil, you were met with this deep barbecue smell, and and it, and it's a smell that we we typically associate with. Latakia, right? We had that Latakia, that peaty, rich barbecue aroma that we that we sense there but this is a deeper more charred uh, authentic flavor it's a charred meat kind of flavor which is just very mm. uh, very mm. interesting to me and and it's almost like you know latakia but more beefy or, or meaty it's just uh, it really is interesting and i just really even if you're not a uh, non-aromatic smoker i, I would just recommend you, you get a hand of, on one of these tins just to kind of see the the different tobacco that they're using here but it has has because of that kind of charred aroma, it almost has some characteristics of Kentucky dark fired leaf that's there too. So um, it's really really interesting. You open the tin up, kind of fold the uh, the gold foil back, and you're met with these uh, milk chocolate brown uh, with little stripe, uh, little golden stripes, kind of running through them. Uh, very neat flakes, and it's just very attractive to look at. A beautiful tobacco. It's something that obviously a lot of time has gone into producing this tobacco, not just to be tasty, but also to be uh, beautiful just to look at. It's just very, very pleasant to look at. And um, man, again, that meaty aroma, it's just, uh, just, just fascinating. The flake is moist to the touch. You know, for some people, it would probably be best to, uh, you know, maybe uh, tear some of this apart and let it 
uh, let it sit for a little bit. Uh, I've got a couple of customers that smoke this type of tobacco regularly, and they typically will, you know, tear the entire can apart and then put it back in the tin and let it sit for a while just to uh, just to let it air out. You know, one thing that flake tobaccos are great at is holding moisture. They keep that moisture in there because of their characteristic, uh, you know, well, the flake nature. You know, but if you kind of tear it apart and let it air out, some people like their tobacco a little drier, and so that could help. It is a moist flake. Um, it packs easy, though. Even after minimal drying, it really does pack easily. And I, I've kind of gotten with this particular blend uh, where I enjoy – um, I, I wouldn't call it a cannonball pack method, but it's kind of where I just take a a, a, a flake and kind of smush it up into a into a ball more or less. Not packing it like I do traditional ribbon cut pipe tobacco or, uh, or or even cube cut tobacco or anything like that. I'm kind of just taking this flake and um, and 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 smushing it into a little. Uh, a little ball and then loading it in my pipe. And that seems to do really well as far as that. It's only one of the only tobaccos I think I've ever ever really done that with, or, or at least on a consistent basis. Not sure how long these tins have been aging in Denmark at the MacBaron factory, but it, there is a beautiful sugary sheen on the top of these tobacco flakes. And so there's just, just really nice uh, kind of crystals that are starting to form on the top of these flakes. And you can tell like, you know, they've been sitting for some period of time for this to happen. It makes a difference as far as the approachability of the, of the pipe tobacco. Lights easily enough for a flake. Tobacco is one of those things where, you know, with a lot of flakes, you really can, you know, have trouble either getting it lit or keeping it lit. Uh, it's certainly not, you know, a very easy tobacco to handle, uh, particularly if you're new to uh, to flakes or, um, you know, tobaccos of this type. But it's, uh, you know, no certainly no harder than other flake tobaccos that you've come across. So it's robust and smoldery. This Rustica tobacco just has this very interesting, you know, meaty flavor that is a, it's a roasted flavor. It, it reminds me of chorizo. It, it's it's got this just very strange meatiness that that is hard to describe without trying it, and it's just very unique for uh, for the tobacco world. And so, man, something that's that's really fun and different to smoke, and kind of kind of pushes your palate a little bit while while you're smoking. You get interesting nuances that that you associate more with brighter flavors, but it is coming with this dark, deep, very strong tobacco, and so. It's, it's really neat. There's a low note of natural sweetness that is very unexpected in this tobacco. Again, that is something that you might associate more with like a, a bright leaf, a, you know, one of these flu-cured tobaccos that dances and plays more in that kind of realm of natural sugar. But uh, but with this, the, it, it, it's this low note. It's kind of, uh, you know, playing on the, on the very back end of the smoldery, charred, you know, roasted meat flavor. And it's just, it's very unexpected and it just works. It's really, really neat. And then also there's a Virginia grassiness that kind of comes in, undergirds the whole experience. And so, again, this is a tobacco. The, the Rustica plant was was blended in this case, of course, with some Virginias and some Burley. And so there is a, you know, I, I don't know what's exactly at play here because I'm just not super familiar with the Rustica leaf. Uh, probably Per Jensen, who blended this blend, is the world's uh, foremost expert in this particular type of leaf after this really cool project that he did. But most of us don't have any experience with it at all. So I don't really know, you know, if that Virginia grassiness or the breadiness that's there, uh, you know, if those are coming from the Burleys and Virginias, or if that's, a, an, a you know, an attachment of or a, a extension of the Rustica plant itself. But man, is it just really good. <laughs> And, you know, after you read so much about this tobacco, how strong it is and how bold it is and how uh, much nicotine it's got and all this kind of stuff. It, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a very strong tobacco. It's meaty and, and bold, but also it, it just has a strength to it that, you know, makes you sit down and, and uh, catch your breath occasionally. You know, but after reading so much about how strong this tobacco is, it's very approachable. It, it's very smokable. It's something that you know, it's like a it's like a very sippable high alcohol content whiskey. That's just, uh, yeah, you know, it's strong, but man, I could I could sip this, and it and it you know, it's very um, very approachable, and so uh, it's kind of surprising in that way. It's really uh, really nice. I, 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 something I haven't done with this particular tobacco yet is tried to blend it with other varietals or uh, condiment tobaccos just to see what would 
happen. You know, I haven't put this yet with Latakia or Perique or some of my favorite Virginias that we tend to work with at the shop. You know, I haven't done that yet, and I, I look forward to doing that. I think, you know, it'll be kind of neat to tinker with. Not that I could ever really do it on a on a big scale, but, you know, just something fun that, that I could do and maybe experiment with a little bit. If you keep this tobacco, you know, relatively dry, if, if you try to dry it out just a little bit before you load your pipe, that'll serve you well with as far as uh, trying to keep this uh, tobacco lit. It's got a moisture content that's that's relatively high and so certainly right out of the can. And, and th- these tins, of course, they just were released. We just got them a few days ago. And so, you know, these are, these are fresh tins. It burns to a really nice fine powder if you kind of just let it dry just a little bit and then smoke it really slow. Anyway, great, great tobacco. I really enjoyed it. It's something that, you know, the room note, you know, what you would expect as far as the room note goes, it's very bold and, and you know, not particularly inviting, but it is, a, you know, not necessarily unpleasant uh, room note. It's not, for me, like old Joe Krantz from Cornell and Deal. I like when someone smokes that, I'm like, man, I just kind of want to leave, you know. Clears <laughs> <laughs> the room. And it's, uh, it, it, you know, this it's certainly a distinctive room note here, but it's not kind of in that vein. So it's it's very tolerable. Anyway, really good. I'm 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 looking forward to going through this tin and smoking it. But I'm also going to put one back. This this has so much potential to. Uh, in a couple of years, just uh, just really as it mellows and marries up even more, uh, I think this tobacco is going to really shine. And so, uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm going to smoke through this tin here, and then I've got one that uh, will get jarred up, and uh, I'll revisit it in uh, in a couple of years in September of I guess that'd be uh, 2023. But um, man, really looking forward to it, and um, man, I, I highly encourage y'all to smoke it. Just very different, very interesting, and uh, leave it to Mac Barron to experiment with something that. No one else has and and hasn't really in, you know, two or three hundred years. And uh, it's just a different varietal that's uh, that's really tasty. And uh, I think they've done a good job. Awesome, man. Well, good deal. You know, the great thing is uh, Mac Barron has been at it for quite some time. So there's a level of trust. Uh, and as I think you think you did a really great job of, of painting a picture of a bold tobacco that you should not be afraid of. Like it shouldn't there's nothing it, it shouldn't intimidate the uh, the pipe smoker. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you put it that way because that's about. I mean, that's that's kind of how I see it. It's a it is a bold tobacco that you shouldn't be afraid of. It you know it, you have to go into it knowing okay, I probably it's probably a good idea to eat something, but you know it's not like you're getting on a roller coaster or something. I mean, this is uh you know this is something that you can do that you you should be prepared for and our our man can can do. It's not something that you have to be um you know scared to scared to light up. So put it in one of your Virginia pipes or even an English blend pipe if you really want the pure flavor. Uh, smoke it in a meerschaum or a clay. I think you'll enjoy it. It's something that'll push you and will help you appreciate uh, pipe tobacco that much. Well, one of the great things is if you are looking to get that that uh, great pure smoking experience, we've got the people that know all about that. And that's our good friends at Missouri Meerschaum. Man, that is. Yeah. This week we're talking about the Dagner Poker Corn Cob Pipe. Uh, it's become over the past several years, uh, one of the best selling corn cob pipes on the market and uh, highly sought after. It's just a very high quality uh, pipe that occasionally is hard to get, but it's in stock right now if you go to mm. corncobpipe.com. Okay. The Dagner Poker, it's just a very handsome kind of dark finish poker. The stem comes out at just a little bit of an angle and there's a really handsome uh, metal band on it that pairs up with the unfiltered acrylic bit, Italian cr- acrylic bit that's there. And so uh, just a really nice pipe. It's a shorter pipe, something that's uh, got a generous bowl size, but uh, fits easily into your pocket and you can tote it with you and uh, always have it around. So uh, check it out. Retail's for under $30 at uh, corncobpipe.com. If you go there, they'll ship it right to your front door. Of course, they've got all kinds of other tobaccos and accessories and and different uh, gift packs and stuff that you can uh, check out there as well. But uh, man, go check it out. There you go. And uh, thanks to Missouri Mission for sponsoring this show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Pipe question of the week. Hi, man. Pipe question of the week coming in from Joe D. Jody. Jody. Jody's a- What's up? <laughs> What's up, Jody? <laughs> Jody's both my grandmother and my niece's name. I don't think that's this is them. Okay. I think this is Joe and then D. Is, all right. Sorry. That, <laughs> all right. Here's what Joe had to say. Oh, man. I really agree with what you've said about how pipe smoking taste changes as we work our way down the bowl. Because yeah. if I understood your point of the gradual heating that is happening to the tobacco that is still below the burning point, it makes sense that as the proportions change lower in the bowl, the smoke would, quote, dry out or become more harsh or that one of the components might stick out more as the steaming tastes that used to mask it are reduced. Great insight. Can you relate this to how people select different size or shape of bowls for different types of blends? Personally, I just use my cobs for a rare aromatic smoke and my briars are mostly cylindrical billiards and Canadians rather than the pots or conical shaped bowls through which I smoke Virginia's, Virginia Perique's and English mixtures. And that is from Joe D. So talking about the shape of the bowl in relation to that kind of um, uh, the way in which the, the 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 taste of the smoke goes as you go down the bowl. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you know, I I don't get as much of that. I used to try to you know uh, pick out the the nuances of that experience. You know, well, you get this kind of taste if you're smoking a, a conical bowl as it is to you know something that's more of a a scooped out pot shape or something. To me, the shape of the bowl where it plays a real importance is on the type of cut that you're smoking. I, I do think some tobaccos smoke better. Uh, you know, like Virginia's, for instance, a taller, more narrow bowl where there's less oxygen that's being exposed to the very top of the of the bowl uh, the chamber there I, it, those seem to work better for me for Virginia's and Virginia Periques how those light and stay lit uh, makes more sense to me it seems like English mixtures tend to do better with a little wider bowl and so you see that a lot particularly if it's a thicker cut I, I think I think that's kind of what I'm getting around to in a circular way is the the cut to me is more important than the how how the tobacco, uh, is going to taste. It's just better, you know, if you have a chunkier tobacco, something that's got a, a cube cut or a, a thicker chopped varietal, those seem to go better in a wider, more shallow bowl. And and a lot of English mixtures are like that. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, best-selling English mixtures that are out there, you see that with kind of a, a chunkier cut, particularly those darker leaves that are in those tobaccos. And so I smoke those out of a lot of, you know, uh, wider princes and pot-shaped pipes that seem to do better with that. Uh, Virginia tobaccos, again, those taller, more cylindrical bowls. Um, you seem to be a sucker for a, a, a billiard, a, you know, Canadian, something that's got that kind of classic. normal classic shape to it. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and I am too. I mean, if you'll, if you listen to a long time, you know that that's, that's my wheelhouse. You know, I just, I, uh, it, it's kind of shameful if you look at my pipe collection, just how many billiards and, and variants of the billiard are, are in there. And it's, uh, it's, it's way too many, <laughs> but, but there's a reason I like them. I just think they, uh, they handle well. The types of tobaccos I tend to smoke that uh, load well in those bowls, and uh, and a lot of times that's flake tobacco or a or a finer ribbon cut, uh, not quite a shag. Hope that helps. It's you know I, I don't really get a lot of difference from the bowl size as far as how it tastes. I I, I do think certain cuts of tobacco though uh, burn easier and are bet are easier to keep lit. It burn easier and are easier to keep lit in certain. Uh, chamber shapes, and 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 that's where the difference comes in for me. I think that's where I think that's why a lot of people uh, select those type of uh, those types of bowls. So there you go. Yeah. Well, Jody, um, love the way that you're thinking. That makes uh, you know, I think uh, I think logic behind the question uh, makes sense. But uh, but yeah, and uh, hopefully that kind of puts things in a little bit of perspective there for you. And hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week, be sure to send it into the show. That's show at countrysquireradio.com. 
Quick Fire with the Squire. All right. Quick Fire questions. All right, man. Pastor Joda has sent in some Quick Fire questions. (laughs) Pastor Joda is like on it, man. He's always good about sending in some good Quick Fire questions. And inspired by the recent Talk Like a Pirate Day, he has sent in a uh, a Talk Like a Pirate edition of Quick Fire questions. Man, I... I can't wait to meet Pastor Joda at some point. I have a feeling he and I are going to have a ton in common. <laughs> I know, right, man. No, he's uh, he's become a, a, a dear part of our Country Squire Radio family. So, uh, man, thanks for these great questions. <laughs> That's right. All right. Are you ready for this? Yep. I mean, uh, let me try this. Or matey, you be ready for these questions that I'm about to lay at your feet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or that is to say that your foot and your peg leg, if we're going uh, pure on. If you on... keep talking this way, I'm going to walk the plank, okay? All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right here we go. Uh, for greeting. Ahoy, me hearty, or I matey. I gotta go with I matey. Uh, I, I don't me hearty. That's just a little too much. I, I don't. I don't think I could pull it off. You know. All right. So you know, back in the day, I used to be a pretty <laughs> prolific gamer on a game called Sea of Thieves. I talked about this on the show. I was, uh, you know, I had a little something of a character that I would do while I was playing that game and doing a little stream and that sort of deal. And uh, you know, I, 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 I think uh, I do think when I was boarding a ship either to negotiate terms or to threaten them and steal all their stuff. I think I did say ahoy me hearties uh, quite a few, <laughs> few times. So I think I'm going to go with that one. Okay. <laughs> that's fair. That. That's great. <laughs> Exclamation. Blow me down or shiver me timbers. Oh, shiver me timbers, man. 10 times out of 10. That, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. That's yeah, so iconic. Yeah. You got to go with that. <laughs> I, don't, right. I don't know what it means. I'm thinking like timbers are like maybe the, the, you know, timber used to build the ship or something. And I, 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 I don't know, but Shiver me timbers for sure. All right. Alcohol, grog or clap of thunder? I've ne- This is the first time I've ever heard the phrase clap o thunder. So I kind of want to know what that's about. So I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going in blind on that one. I am. I, you know, but I mean, grog that, you know, uh, that's a known quantity. I, I, this one, I'll go with the devil. I don't know rather than the devil. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna go with grog. You know, I've been I've been trying to kind of come up with a a grog a a historic grog based solution that is not terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, kind of like what Mac Barron did with the uh, the, uh, the Nicotiana Rustica. They were like, well, this is this is not you know historically that good to smoke but we're gonna make it good to smoke how do we make yeah exactly (laughs) how how do you how do you kind of keep to the history but also maybe um you know figure out a way to you know make it consumable yeah something like that but anyway so yeah i'm gonna go with grog grog. threat are you gonna keel haul ya or send you to davy jones locker Uh, you gotta go to davy jones's locker right Uh, that whole um reference is just uh just perfect you know, I've threatened many a pirate in my in my time, and uh, I do think uh, Davy Jones has been evoked many a time. So I'm going to go with that one as well. Although I will threaten the old keel hall, which is a a horrible, horrible way to die. By the way, do you do you know what that that process I, involves? I'll, I'll have to Google it some other time. No, it I, is awful. They <laughs> they strap you and they they run you across the bottom of the ship so that the barnacles tear apart your skin. Yeah, look. and they have to do it a couple times in order to you know Ugh. to finish the job. It's awful. Oh, you don't want to be keel hauled, y'all. You don't want to be keel hauled. <laughs> it, it'll it'll send you to Davy Jones' locker eventually. <laughs> uh, all right, insult: a scallywag or a landlubber? Scallywag. Yeah, yeah. All right. So if I if I want to insult somebody as a pirate, I'm going to go with landlubber. Uh huh. However, scallywag has kind of an interesting history to it. As being kind of, uh, uh, especially like, you know, uh, white Southerners that were, you know, for, uh, uh, that were kind of ab- early abolitionists were yeah. kind of y- called scallywags. Oh, you so know, I think, I think I'd forgotten that. Yeah. So I think was, there's, yeah. yeah, yeah. I like, I like scallywag as kind of like appropriating that term as like a, as a, you know, like a badge of honor to some extent for a pirate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like a uh, bump in the system. So, I, you know, I, I, I like scout. So if I, but I, if I want to insult somebody. You be a landlubber, lad. You be a, la- a dirty <laughs> landlubber. Uh, and then farewell. Cast off uh, or fair winds? Uh, I would say fair winds. That that just uh, that sounds great. Uh, it's, it's, more, it's a little more poetic, I think. Uh, cast off, ye lads. Raise anchor. Let's cast off. I, I think we're going to cast off. <laughs> Man, these All were right. awesome. Yeah, Thank you, fun. Pastor Joda. That was fun. I, you know, I didn't know it was Talk Like a Pirate Day on uh, September 19th. So that's, uh, yeah, that's great. I, I learned something. <laughs> I, I celebrated as, as one is supposed um, to. 
I'm sure you did. <laughs> I, I live I live every day like it's talk like a pirate thing. Yeah, you, you pretty much do. Yeah. They, All right, they, quick they, fire. They've got, your, uh, they, they've got your suite waiting on you at our at our local institution here. They, whenever you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads, and if you've got some quick fire questions for us, be sure to send them into the show, show at countrysquireradio.com. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, listener feedback, man. That's right. That's a that's a hard hard pivot back to Bo. <laughs> uh, this first one's coming in from uh, listener Scott. Now Scott actually wrote in asking the question about chopping up cigars and smoking them. Yeah. He wanted to give us uh, feedback. Now he has he has done the research. <laughs> he has busted open the lab. He has gone uh, to places so that others need not. And he writes back with this very simple follow up. Yes, I tried it. Yes, it was immediately horrible. No, I will never do it again. <laughs> so, Scott, glad you're still with us, brother. You remember when uh, we we did our uh, one of our McClelland episodes that uh, you know got all that uh, feedback and stuff. But but I, I'll never forget Russ, uh, our our dear friend Russ, was talking on on one of those episodes about. Uh, how he had tried to put vinegar on pipe tobacco to kind of uh, simulate the McClelland, uh, you know, whatever they were putting on their tobacco to give it that tang. And 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 Russ very explicitly said on that episode, he said, you know, I've tried to put vinegar on pipe tobacco, and it tastes like vinegar on pipe tobacco, <laughs> and <right>. it's awful. <laughs> and I think of that occasionally. I'm like, you know, Russ was right. He was like, this just. It's just awful. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad you tried it. You'll you won't do it again. It just it, let's leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, props props for um, yeah props for the attempt. Good job, yeah. Scott. Yeah. All right, uh, next up courage. is yeah, Dave. J- well, you know, you know, it, it does take courage. I, I think I've made this this reference before, but like Scott, you you now list your your name up there with the great uh, men and women of science. Who brought us things like the potato? Yes, discovering that a potato is edible. Somebody dug up this brown thing in the ground and thought, you know what? I'm going to eat this. And if right. that person hadn't done that, we would never know no, that's right. that you could eat a potato. Now yeah. everybody looked at him like he was crazy, and that's you, Scott. But we look at you not as though you're crazy <laughs> now. Uh, we, we 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 pity your taste buds, but we're, uh, <laughs> we're thankful awesome. for you, brother. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, man. This next one is from uh, Dave J in Phoenix. He says, I have known people to smoke cigar tobacco in a pipe. Uh, He says uh, this person measured his bowl and ring size, brought a second grade cigar, cut it bowl depth and smoked it in his pipe. Not as a habit, but as an occasional different thing to smoke. So there you go. Dave J also uh, has somebody who has walked the line, so to speak. Yeah. Yep. And and again, you know, we talked about that uh I, I forget the context, but um, you know, cigars are just they're they're meant to be consumed in that in that shape. And so if you're chopping up cigars uh and then putting them in your pipe, it's it's probably gonna be a different experience than uh it will be if you finish a cigar, for instance, in your pipe. You know, those folks that uh take the butt of a cigar, put it, you know, as they're uh getting kind of close to their fingertips and they still want to finish that cigar, uh putting it in your pipe and then smoking it that way, that's that's a little different bit of an experience there. And so, um, yeah, some, you know, maybe it's not something you want to do all the time, but, uh, go for it and change it up, you know, occasionally I, um, I've never particularly enjoyed it myself. It's just, uh, you know, when I go into a pipe, I think of something different than a cigar and the two don't really, um, mix for me as, as well, but you know, some people do that. So that's great. Yeah. Dude's their own. Uh, and then finally we've got an iTunes review in from, uh, Dharma Druid. You want to see what, uh, Dharma said? Yeah. Uh, Tobacconalian revelry. What? Tobacconalian revelry? Tobacconalian. Tobacconalian. Revelries, man. Revelries. Yeah, revelries. Dharma Druid, man. He says, I always enjoy the banter between Bo and John David, as well as the helpful information about all things tobacco pipes. Their enthusiastic presentation is inspiring and educational and provides sagacious guidance through the hazy, smoke-filled netherworlds of pipe smoking. Tally-ho with the Tobacconalian Revelry. That's from Dharma Druid. I don't know if I've ever been described as sagacious and i am honored (laughs) yeah i mean like i i gotta tell you man that kind of makes up for the fact like today we learned about this brand new hot pressed 
uh, pipe tobacco that required yeah. smoldering hotness. Yeah. And I was not called. You and I called. felt... Yeah. I felt like, you know, smoldering hotness. I, I feel like they should have called. I should have at least been <laughs> On asked. On the short and list, I, right? Yeah. I, I wasn't asked. And, and so, you know, but so, so to be called uh, sagacious, well, that, that, that ain't nothing, son. Like, you know, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I can put that. Uh, that's a feather in my cap. That's great. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, we'll take all the feathers we can get. So if you head over to iTunes and write us a review, it's a great way to uh, increase the feathers, the plumage of John David's hat. Uh, also, if you'd like to help support the show, uh, do so at patreon.com slash country squire radio. It's a great way uh, to support the show and uh, keeps us on the air as so to speak. Also, you can keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow the show at squire radio. You can follow the shop at underscore country squire. You can follow John David at John David Cole, but all that information, Information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. You got it out, man. I'm proud of you. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a professional. I have to oh, remember are, that man. sometimes, but I am a professional. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Hey, this is uh, this is awesome. Always great to t- uh, shine the spotlight on a new product and uh, and let folks know what's out there. Yeah, yeah, man. I had fun. Absolutely. Hey, big announcement coming next week. But until then, let's go have a day. See you, brother. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.